Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Plasky alongside Brad Burkaw. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed indeed. This is the week of February 19th. We have the Genesis Invitational in the book. Hideki Matsuyama makes a heroic comeback on Sunday. We will break that all down. LPGA is back in action this week in Thailand. College golf is back in full swing in Michigan with Michigan boys and girls along with Michigan State boys and girls in action. We have a little bit of live talk. We have some guys that got invites into the Masters. We have some tweets from, from Greg Norman. And finally, we have the Mexico Open. And it's a doozy, folks. We will break that all down in this episode. But first... Brad, we have Hideki Matsuyama shooting a final round 62, one shy of the Riviera course record to win by three total shots over Will Zalatoris and Luke List. Hideki, is it, Hideki's going to be in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Like, I mean... Like easily in the Hall of Fame. I don't say easily, but he's got... I mean, he has the resume. Yeah. I mean, he's the most winningest Asian born player of all time now. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I was, that is a, uh, I'm, I'm glad he has to be a superstar among superstars in, um, in Japan or just probably just, just in Asia in general, I imagine. But for, a, for a continent that just, that loves golf. And seems like it seems like golf is growing there more than than anywhere else. He has just got to just stand like a, a, a man among boys. Anywhere, anytime he's over there, like pure royalty. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love the fact that he's still like he seems very down to earth. I mean, obviously after he won the Masters, he's just flying, uh, flying. Uh, what's it called? Spirit. Um, Was it spirit. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Just casual domestic with, with the rest of us peons. And then I loved the, uh, the picture of his caddy just sitting by the 18th green, just ripping on his, his vape, just watching everybody. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I learned that in, in my, my research that that wasn't actually a vape. It was like you put your cigarettes inside of that thing. It's only sold in Japan or it's only sold so, in Asia. Well, so he was doing the real thing. Yeah. It sounds like that's, that is what I've, uh, I don't remember the exact name of there. Was, it was a product name. That's not for sale in the United States, but that is what everyone that apparently knew more than I was saying, but huh. yes, I, I was, he, his caddy, people love his caddy. His caddy oh, yeah. is maybe like one of the more likable guys on the, all the internet. Gosh, I couldn't. And now that I you mentioned that, I, I actually saw a tweet this weekend, and I can't even remember who it was because it was just a, a caddy, another caddy that walked with them over the weekend, and he was saying how Hideki's caddy would just like carry his bag, like without like would just wouldn't say anything. He would just carry his bag to the next tee or something for him, like just super nice. Yeah, I think uh, so. That was uh, Aaron Fleener, I think is his name. It's J- JT Poston's caddy. Was it Poston's caddy? I couldn't remember whose it was, but yeah, I was I was laughing at it. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 I mean, he seems like the the very stereotypical caddy. And there, I part of me believe wants to think that uh, Hideki can 
like 100% speak English and just chooses not to, which I which I don't blame him one bit. He probably gets he, he, like broken. Either that or I just I really respect the lack of interest in learning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, either way makes me laugh. I did um I did find his comments funny after how he said he really didn't play that well. It's like you shot a 62. What uh, what could you have done? What could you have done better? That may be the most stereotypical golfer saying. Like you just go fire a really really good round on a really really good golf course. And like, well, I, I left a few out there. I mean, I could have been better. Yeah. Always striving for more. Yeah. Or never satisfied. Yeah. Uh so I would say I would say a little bit of a weird tournament with uh so it started on Friday afternoon. Yeah, Friday afternoon, Tiger Woods withdraws. I gotta say something about Tiger Woods. I'm getting a little he he's just I'm getting tired of I think it's more the media. I'm just tired of the media in general. The way if you don't like if you didn't like Tiger Woods, I don't know how you'd be able to watch golf. And I not to say there's probably not that many people that don't like Tiger Woods. But he could be, he could be ten back. He could be twenty back, and you think that it was a one man. This was like a exhibition with the three guys that were in his group, or two guys in his group and him. There's just such a lack of. I know what what butters their bread, and I know you have to show them. And it's his first full field event back in a while. Like, it, but it's tough. And then they, then they. They instantly jumped to he is hurt, he's hurt, and he was wasn't looking good on the range and yada yada yada. And then it turns out he was just sick. And they <laughs> he's he's a he's a dramatic little son of a gun. They brought the ambulance straight up to the clubhouse. They're about to wheel him out. <laughs> yeah, the ambulance was a bit much. I go, jeez. I'm not sure why we're watching him. Just absolutely shank the ball. Um, yeah, the clo- the new clothing brand doesn't help too because like the, he's kind of taking this. Yeah, kind of has to take this new approach to Instagram and social media, and he's like, he's you know he's promoting this brand, and yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I actually didn't. Um, two comments on outfits this week. I didn't hate the tiger outfit as much as I thought I would. Um, especially the one that he wore for like four holes before he withdrew. I actually liked that outfit quite a bit. Um, and then my other outfit takeaway is the, the Melbourne or Melbourne, whatever it is that, uh, Jason day wears that is growing on me. He, they, I think they, they took the criticism and they tightened them up a little bit. He, he he's no longer able to fly away, and I feel like the outfits are actually like kind of kind of cool looking. They're just old, they're old school, which I like. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely uh, they they saw the uh, the writing on the wall. Yeah, well, I think that yeah, they probably just want they yeah they saw the and it wasn't metaphorical either. It was right there. They could have <laughs> went to like any of their websites or any of their social media, and they would have saw it was just fireworks. So I'm I'm glad it's nice to see a brand take initiative and, and realize that maybe uh that might have been a little too baggy just just a little so then that was so that was friday tiger tiger withdraws uh internet goes into um hysteria 
thinking that he was was injured again because he was having back spasms, which he also he has an excuse, which golfer that's a golfer i mean that's that's like that's excuse number six i think in the excuse on the excuse list of all golfers have um i but then um friday afternoon jordan spieth which how often do you think this happens like one time a year maybe i feel like we always hear about like maybe once maybe once every couple years not not often and not usually in situations where there isn't some sort of weird circumstance that contributes to it. Mm-hmm. So, so speed signs for in, incorrect scorecard. Uh, so he signed if, if my um, sequence of events are correct, he signed for the scorecard and then he had to go to the bathroom number two really bad. And then he came back like five, five, seven minutes later is kind of how, how I understood it from what Xander said, and he was DQ'd at that point because yes. he left the scoring area. We were kind of talking about that this weekend. I I think I'd be okay with with it being changed to like the grounds or or like by midnight the next day or something like that. Like before the day's over, the scores need to be correct. I don't. Just another thing that another another blockade that golf has. Just silly. Yeah, I think uh and I think when you uh if you're gonna offer in and out, you gotta have a grace period. I mean, imagine the pure terror if you were to I mean when you gotta go, you gotta go. Imagine if you were to go and not be in an appropriate place to go, be all over the internet. He's a father of two, he can't have that. Yeah. That's a that's a really good point. Uh, so In and Out In and Out was a uh, I don't wouldn't want to call them a sponsor, but their bunch of In and Out pictures hit the airwaves on Thursday. So uh, In and Out In and Out is is taking some heat as as possible blame for the Tiger Woods sickness, the Spieth withdrawal or WD because he had to go to the bathroom because of In and Out, and then uh, on Sunday. Uh, Patrick Cantlay went into the final round with a he had a six shot lead on Hideki Uh, Hideki ends up shooting 62 Patrick shoots 72 and then it comes out after the round that Patrick Cantlay had a fever of 100 and something going into the day so we've also on top of that we also had uh, Tom Kim who almost missed his team time (laughs) we can only assume that he was uh, taking care of some business beforehand yeah um not talked about enough, and I think there's. It's not like the golf. It's not like the golf coverage is good enough where you would be able to notice them missing because there's they're not showing me much shots anyway. But if somebody like has to go to the bathroom, I wonder like how that. I mean, I know like John Rahm, you have to have, to have a porter potty on, on every on every hole, but that's for usually for number ones, I imagine. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I feel like that's just going to like what you eat throughout the day and all that good stuff, but. What am I put in that position? Absolutely the worst sport when it comes to having any sort of uh, bathroom emergencies. Even as an amateur, you're out there, you're on, we'll say like hole 13, you're as far away from the clubhouse as you can possibly get. It's bad news, man. Bad news. Yeah, I will. Um, I will. I don't know if this story has ever been told on this podcast, 
but we when we were playing Whistling Straits in 2021, we had two caddies. One of them was on Peter and I's bag, and the other one was on Tad and Mark's bag. And on the 15th, <laughs> the 15th or 16th hole, the caddy had to go to the bathroom, and he had to like go into the he had to go into the bushes to go to the bathroom. And he and the, he had to use Tattermark's towel for it, <laughs> <laughs> and they had to carry their own bags for like a whole. It was a whole ordeal. Very very. Funny. Oh my gosh! So, so See, speaking that's... of like bad bad places, you just stuck out there in the middle of nowhere. That is uh, that's one gripe I have with a lot of golf courses is, is they need they need more bathrooms. Absolutely, you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're, it's not like, like we're, we're eating uh, we're eating anything good for us when we're out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. Hot hot dogs usually are doing some, it. some grease missiles. And so, um, this is I feel like a broken record. It is it is becoming so laughable how bad Sky Sky Scheffler is at putting, and maybe what's making it the most laughable is how good he is at ball striking. Uh, I saw I saw numerous stats this weekend of the fifty one players that made the cut. He was number one in tee to green. And dead last in, in putting, and just and it it seems like it's just never gonna end. I don't know. I don't know what what's gonna what's gonna turn the tides for Sky Scheffler. Right. Honestly, I, I no, at this point I have no idea. I mean, maybe that's the maybe all along Scotty had three fourths of the components to be one of the best golfers of all time, but it's just you know maybe he just can't putt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, that's just the golfing god's way of saying like you just can't be that good. When when put when push comes to shove, you just can't be that good. You can't have it all. Yeah. Uh, so we might not know what to do, and I don't think Sky knows what to do. But but Rory was was on the broadcast as Scotty missed one of his several very very makeable putts, and and, and Rory um, recommended that he try the a mallet putter, which. I don't know. I don't know what what Rory, um, why he thinks he's able to say something like that, because Rory has has long been not the best putter. He has like his moments, but I uh, I got a chuckle out of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a what do, what do they call it? One of them uh, glass house type situations. Yeah, exactly. You better be careful. That one rock in that glass house is shattered. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the leaderboard, um, Will Zalatoris. Oh, I'm not sure if we've mentioned yet. Um, very, very happy to see him play, playing some good golf again. Um, to shoot 14 or par, you got to make some putts, and he was making some putts. And his short putts that he had, it looked much better. So I don't know what he is doing differently, um, but so far so good. Luke List uh, kind of played himself into. Played himself out a little bit on Saturday. Played himself back in Sunday on the back nine. Uh, Hideki ended up being a little bit too much to handle. Lucas shot 68 on Sunday to finish in a T second alongside Will. Uh, Adam Hadwin played very well on Sunday. Shot 65 to get to a T fourth alongside Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. Harris English, who I'm um, very happy to see playing well again, was solo seventh. Tom Hoagie in eighth, Jason Day, who we mentioned looking a little bit better on the golf course in ninth, and then a slew of T-tents, Tommy Fleetwood, Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, and Eric Cole. So no matter how bad Scotty Scheffler 
putts, no matter how bad he plays, you'll still find him in the top 10. You know, it's fine. He sneaks in there. He's he's like he's like water. He finds the least path of resistance. Yep. No, it's it's uh it's extremely impressive to watch him just continue to putz along. If and that's I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because he's on the tour and everyone every every other guy makes putts, but I swear I'm a better putter than Sky Shark. I swear I am. I just I know Whoa. it in my in my heart of hearts. Whoa. Maybe we can uh, arrange a putt off. <laughs> I don't think anybody needs. Nobody needs to watch that. <laughs> that that would just be that would be uh, tough for anybody that was anybody witnessing that would be would be scarred for life. Can you imagine though? You get like a you get like a DM on Twitter from Scotty's team. They're like, "Put your money where your mouth is." <laughs> yeah, but uh, I would. I'd probably answer that DM. If, I think he'd have he would be that would be the lowest that he could get is if he starts taking challenges from fans on <laughs> on putting contests. Yeah, that would be uh <laughs> Maybe that's what he needs though. Maybe that's just switched <laughs> up a little bit. Maybe he does. Need to maybe try, that would uh need to maybe that motivate him. Different. Whatever you're doing not working. The fact he has not changed drastically changed putters. I know he's kind of like switched around a couple of the blades, but to not try a different type of putter is it's it's truly shocking at this point so i'm gonna keep we're gonna keep talking about it so uh this is completely irrelevant but kind of similar to this conversation but i don't know if you've seen um rigs uh barstool rigs foreplay is doing a new series called rigs versus hater (laughs) and it's kind of along this lines where he picks people who hate on him and is in the comments and he challenges them to uh to a golf match yeah, I did see that. I think that's uh, that should be awesome. I, that I think is it just came the, out today. The one piece morning. of content I've seen him put out that I would actually watch. Yeah, no, I um, I think he, I actually really like Riggs. I think he gets so much hate, but it's hard to it's hard to deny like what he what he has built, and I imagine like when you're when he is sitting in his house in Pinehurst or his house in Scottsdale, and he gets to go play golf every morning. And every day, he's probably like looking at these comments, kind of just like laughing. Oh, I think, absolutely! I think a lot of it comes from from jealousy, which obviously that's like a, what a lot of social media content is like the people that hate on it. But he does have a very, very ugly swing. I, I'm glad that he's like he seems like the last couple I've seen seem better. It seems like he's figuring out the driver maybe a little bit. Um, but I think it's it's just it's funny to see everyone everyone get so upset, and then every time they get upset, he gets like he just gets a little bit more money from that, just a little bit more yep. engagement, a little bit more engagement, a little bit more engagement. It's like so. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no denying. I mean, he's built a a monster with foreplay with their Barstool Classic, the tournaments they've held for college college athletes. He's an absolute mastermind in that aspect. But yeah, in in front of the camera. Not, not my personal favorite. Yeah, it'll be funny to see. I think a lot of guys will maybe something they don't think about. The haters will be just playing in front of a camera, which will be watched by probably three, four hundred thousand people. That's always tough to deal with. I think the first couple times. Oh yeah, which, it ain't it ain't that easy. Which brings me uh, completely. Now we're getting off tangent a little bit. Um, I watched a 
a video, good, 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 good video with Brad, Brad Dalkey and Luke Kwan versus the two guys that won the Desert Open. Those guys <clears throat> did not like the bright light, good, good cameras. One bit. They struggled mightily. You got to imagine it's a lot different than anything they even do on tour because it's a lot more in your face. Yeah, and those guys are just like college college golfers, so they probably have never experienced anything like that. I kind of felt bad for them. I'm sure I did not read the comment section. I was I tried to avoid it. I felt like it was going to be like a Mac uh, Boucher, Boucher situation, whatever his name is. Oh, oh gosh, that poor fella. Uh, you have some data golf stuff here that's... Yeah, it was just uh, so I had the the leaderboard, um, which just kind of has some more strokes gain data on it. But you already kind of ran through most of the uh, the names that I had on here, and then just an updated data golf player ranking after the Genesis. Scotty's still holding down the top spot, but uh, got Xander moving up into the second spot with Rory moving down to third. Um, John Ra moving up, Victor moving down. Patrick Cantley moving up, Colin Morikawa moving down. So some slight movement at the top of the uh, the data golf rankings, which um, don't always reflect or very rarely actually reflect the OWGR rankings. So mm-hmm. um, just kind of interesting to see Xander move up. It's been for the longest time. It was just Scotty, Rory, John. And then obviously John um, with his kind of last few months and then when he moved over to live um, – but just interesting to see Xander up there. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I feel like that's a, that's probably one of the more underrated players on tour that doesn't quite get the shine that he deserves. He's not quite in that, like, the top three. When you think of the top three, I always kind of think of Scheffler, McIlroy, and Rom right now. Hovland kind of knocking on the door. But Yeah, I would say Xander's right there with Victor. Exactly. No, definitely. Uh, kind of on that note of, of strokes gain, I do have to quickly reel off some stats from Hideki's Sunday round. Um because it was very, very impressive. I think uh, just looking at the leaderboard, he was the lowest by three shots. That was Adam Hadwin, and I believe he was the next lowest. That was the lowest by two more shots, if my numbers are correct. So, yeah, there was only one other 65 and then a couple 67s is what I'm seeing. So he made the most birdies. He had nine, uh, first in scrambling, four to four, first in strokes gained total, eight and a half, or 8.47. First in par, par 5 performance, 3 under first in par 4 performance. He was 5 under first in strokes gained TD green. Gained 6 shots. First in putting inside of 10 feet. He made 15 out of 15. Sky Scheffler just pounding his fist against the desk right now. First in strokes gained around the green, 3.398. That is a really good round of golf. Very, very, very impressive. Guy just came out of nowhere. Not like out of nowhere, but... I mean, he was just lingering back there. Whatever I said, five, six shots back. Talking about Hideki? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he was lights out on Sunday. It was fun to watch, but according to him, not so great. Yeah. So Yeah, always wanting more. Always wanting more. He's, setting, he's setting expectations, though, because now I'm going to expect him to go out there and shoot a, a 61. Yeah, exactly. All right, Um, moving on. Quickly, uh, the LPJ is back in action after a little hiatus uh, the month of early part of February. They are in Thailand at the Honda LPGA Thailand. Um, this is always a nice one because you can kind of watch it. It comes on like late at late at night on Wednesday 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it's always nice that Saturday night you get home, there's nothing to watch, and you got a little bit of LPGA late in the day. So that is always nice. Moving on to some college golf. Brad, I'm going to have you run through the MSU women's and men. I'm going to grab some water real quick. Yep, that sounds good. I can do that. So uh, we had the MSU women's in action at the Spartans Suncoast Invitational. That took place over February 18th and 19th. The Spartan women's finished in a T8th at 14 over par. Ohio State ended up coming home with the victory, followed by College of Charleston in second, University of Tennessee in third, Georgia Southern in fourth, Oklahoma in fifth, Purdue in sixth, Notre Dame in seventh, and then in T8th are Michigan State women's with North Carolina. They did make a nice push on the last day, moving up two spots, shooting a two uh, team score of two under par to fight their way up to that T8th spot. In the lineup, uh, they had a nice solid performance from Brooke Bierman. She finished in T11th, shooting a 70 and 74. Finishing both at T26, we had Katie Liu and Paula Balanzadegu. Uh, Katie Liu shot an 80 and a 67. That is very impressive. And then Paula shot a 76-71, respectively, herself. Valentina Rossi finished at a T45, shooting a 78-74. And then Anna Sophia Mercia shot a 81-77 to finish T72. Moving on, the MSU men's will be in action coming up here in a few days on the 26th and the 27th of February. They will be playing at the Invitational at the Ford. That is taking place at the Ford Field and River Club in Richmond Hill, Georgia. So we have that to look forward to. We should have some results for you next week if I'm doing some quick adding in my head. So by the time that wraps up, we should be doing the next episode. So we should have some results for you. So. Some good action from the women, good action from Brooke Bierman. Looking forward to some MSU men's. So, uh, Hunter, are you back? You yep, ready for yep. some some Michigan? I right. am here. Uh, so let's do. Let's start with the Michigan ladies. So the Michigan ladies played in the Nexus Collegiate, which was an Albany Albany Golf Club in the Bahamas. Uh, Monet Chun led the way. She shot one under par, two fifteen. That was a runner-up finish. Um, that was her fifth top five finish of her career. Um, Haley Borgia uh, opened up her season by finishing 50th. Uh, Sydney Yermish and Lauren Sung finished tied for 56. Playing as individual, Mara Janes tied for 47th with a 232 total. And um, I believe, and then Amelia, Lauren Sung finished T56, which I mentioned, and then uh, Amelia Palatrinia shot 240 and finished T-59th. They are, I was just pulling up when their next event was. So they are now off until March 2nd and 3rd. They are playing in the Vistar Gators Invitational. So we will keep you up to date on um, on those scores. The Michigan boys played in the Border Olympics, a 54-hole tournament hosted by Houston um, at Laredo Country Club. Um, Michigan shot 
1252-1200 par for a fifth place, tied fifth place finish in the 54-hole event. The top finisher for Michigan was Jude Kim, who was in fourth with rounds of 68, 70, 69, 900 par, 207. Some other scores for Michigan, Will Anderson, T24, 73, 71, 70. Ben Hoagland, T26, 73, 73, 69. Uh, Hunter Thompson, or Ta- Thomas Thompson, uh, T31, 71, 71, 74. Yugi Liu, 71, <coughs> T71, 74, 73, 77. Jack O'Donnell, T59, 74, 75, 74. Uh, Michigan also playing in the Invitational at the Ford Monday and Tuesday, February 26th and 27th. So we will, uh, as Brad mentioned, we will get you some scores uh, when that is complete. Moving on to the um, some live talk. So you mentioned, did, I did not see this tweet. So what did, what did uh, Greg Norman tweet? So... Greg Norman, and I'm, while I'm speaking, I'm going to pull it up really quickly, but he tweeted something along the lines um, about the OWGR. And I actually, I got it up here really quick. His tweet is laughable. Liv would have two players in the top 50 OWGR if you exclude their recent signees. So basically just complaining about the fact that the Liv players are not getting OWGR points. Um... I just, I just, I find it very funny. I don't know. I, and maybe this is just my point of view. I mean, the OWGR is a poor system, but it's beside the point that when you left, you knew that this was going to happen and this was like part of the consequences. It's like everybody told you that this was going to happen if you leave to go play on the live tour and then you just complain about it. Like you, you've created a tour that's format does not conform to the qualifications needed for OWGR points. So you just want the entire system to flex for you and then complain about it when it doesn't. So I, I don't, I don't know. I find it, I find it funny. Maybe others don't agree, but I think it's uh it's interesting that it's like, what a, to want, like it's obviously it's just, it was, it was like this. Like they're not gonna. You, you went into it knowing that was gonna be the case, and then to like expect it to to change just because of you guys and like the and money seems like money always talks, and it's not talking right now. For for once, which I'm, which I'm kind of glad it's not because that's an issue with just in general with with society. I would say is that people just you can't you can't just get what you want just because you have money all the time. Yeah, no, that's definitely a, a downside to this, the world that we live in, that that is the case 99% of the time. Yes, it is. It is, absolutely. So I don't know. I just found it. I, I tossed it in at the uh, intro uh, for the viewer's uh, discretion, and I just I thought it was funny. I don't know. I just I saw a lot of people, like, quoting it, replying, and they're just like, well, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah, I, I do definitely think, obviously, they they, they – they were under the impression that they were they'd be able to get this fixed by this time, and and obviously that that has not happened. So now you see these guys popping up saying, "Well, we should be in the Masters. We deserve to be in the Masters. X, Y, and Z deserves to be in the Masters." He's playing. He's he's too good not to be in the Masters. It's like, well, I agree. I totally agree. Which kind of brings me to my next point. So 
regardless of Liv, I don't, I don't think this has any relation to Liv, but um, Thorben Olsen, uh, Japan's uh, Rio Hisatune, and uh, Jaquin Neiman all just received invitations to the 2024 Masters Tournament. Obviously, uh, Neiman is the only one that's on the Live Tour, but you need to have you need to have the best players there. And not to say that Olsen or Hisatune are some of the world-renowned players. It's more just they're just more international players, which is something that the Masters has always done. But you have to have the best players regardless of with this information we have here. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, it, it's a broken, it's a bad system. It's just, it's, it's funny. Yeah, they put themselves in a, in a poor spot. Being very curious to see what they what they do to come out of it. All right, we are moving on to the, to the last the last part of, of the show, um, which could be interesting. I don't. Uh, so it is the it is the Mexico Open week. We are in between the California swing and the Florida swing. Uh, it is it is a a tough a tough time of the schedule. Um, Given given who's in the field, uh, nobody not many people wanted to make the trip down to uh, Vedanta Velarta. Uh, this is their eighth time hosting this event. Greg Norman's signature course uh, is situated in the Mexican state of uh, Nayarit. Um, very very, it's like flag golf course, huge landing areas, um, a lot of water. Uh, and greens are pretty big, so it, it's very much a resort style golf course. Uh, I imagine there's a reason why Tony Finau has played well here. Uh, he hits the ball a country mile, and that scores very well here. Um, so I don't have I don't have a ton else. I was on the golf course outside of uh, three par three, par seventy one, five par threes. Uh, can stretch seventy four hundred yards. I don't. I don't expect it to be um, anywhere close to that. I expect guys to go pretty, pretty low under par. The scoring average last year was seventy, just over seventy point zero nine seven. So about one shot average. Everyone gained about a shot a day on the on the uh, golf course. Um, what? Uh, any names that are that are instantly jumping, jumping off the page. I mean, it's hard to not like Tony Finau just given, given his past success here and given the other names that are surrounding him. Yeah. I mean, this is a, just a, it's a tough week. Um, Tony is obviously the clear favorite. Um, yeah, data golf giving him a 8.4% chance to win. He comes in as a nine to one favorite on FanDuel. Uh, I like Nikolai Hogard though. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a push. I think that he has a very strong game. He's a young player who has a, a lot of potential. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's, it's hard to get excited about a lot of these, a lot of these names, but somebody's going to win. Uh, is it going to be Tony or Nikolai? It's probably a good chance, but outside of that, I mean, you could just pick a name out of a hat and, you know. Yeah. No, there's a couple names that I actually, um, I actually really like here. Uh, Steven Yeager being one of them. Uh, he has, this is his third, 
third stop here. He has two top 20s. Uh, he's averaging 68.38 in his eight rounds that he has played at uh, Vedanta Velarta. So that is a name I really like. Uh, Thomas Detry, another guy. He comes in currently 27th in the FedEx Cup. He just was T4th at the 18T Pell Beach Pro-Am. Um, he hits the ball very, very long. That, that is like a very, this is a very good golf course for him. Um, and then you talk about hitting the ball a long ways. Um, I like Keith Mitchell as well. He has a pair of top fives, a pair of top 20s in his last five starts. So uh, a little bit of form coming into the week, which is always nice. Um, outside of that, it is, this is, I mean, this is why you, you have the the swing top five or swing top 10, whatever it's called. Like you, you just, you need to give these guys a chance to, to, to play their way into the bigger events. And so you're going to have, you're going to have your tough weeks where it's just a little bit, maybe not the leaderboard you're looking, but those, but these are always sometimes the, the most exciting tournaments when it really, as far as the golf goes, always just a packed leaderboard. Nobody wants to win. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still some Nate, like I'm just, breezing through and through the, the list of people in the field this week. And there's still like, there's these guys aren't super consistent, but they're names that you've seen at the top of leaderboards before. When I'm talking about Brant Snedeker, Patrick Harrington, while they're older, they've, they've had great history in their career. Ryan Moore, CT Pan, um, Patton Kazire, you know, there's, there's Ed, Oh, Francesco Molinari. He's in the field this week. Like there are some, there's some names that can still have some really great golf in them. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. We got Bobby McIntyre in the field, Garrick Higo, um, Brandon Wu. So there's, there's some names. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I don't, and that's like nothing to discredit these players. I think you're just going to have, when we have signature events like this and we're making you're making long treks across the entire country, you're gonna have events where it's just guys aren't gonna be able to make the trip. Gotta have a gotta have a little break. Well, there's especially when they're all recovering from uh in and out. Yeah, exactly. So I mean we are like I mentioned, we are in Florida starting next week at Palm Palm Beach Gardens for what I think is now the second the second playing of the co- the cognizant classic in Palm, the Palm beaches, um, which was, which was originally the Honda, I believe this is the Honda old Honda. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes, it is. Cause there's Sung Jay, there's Keith. Yep. So yeah, we're back in the Florida swing next week, which is always a fun time. Honda is a hard, hard golf course. So excited to see how they play there. Florida swing is always one of my favorite parts of the season. Yeah. I love the Florida swing. Gets you really excited for the, the season. Yeah, hey, I don't want to put you on the spot. I woke up in like a a, a deep um, a deep, a sweat last night wondering, when are you going to buy new wedges? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's, uh, it's almost March. I know. I, uh, I definitely really messed up on my plans because I had plans to buy them, and then I wasn't here for the event. Um, that is a great question. You gonna play, is you're going to play with the same wedges again? I think, I, I think you need to say right now on this podcast, you'll have new wedges before the start of the 2024 we are, golf season. 
We are on the trajectory of playing with the same wedges this year. <laughs> That's so bad. I need. You're costing yourself shots. That that could change. I I, I yeah. These they're old. They, yeah. <laughs> I started to think. It's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about this. I actually stopped into Golf Galaxy like two weeks ago, maybe. Which, by the way, the one in Grand Rapids now is super super nice. Um, but anyway, I was in there and I was looking at the wedges and I started to think to myself, I said, I wonder how many rounds of golf my current wedges have played. And it's gotta be a, a very high number. Cause they say how many wedges. Are you looking up how many rounds are wedges supposed to last? I yes. think they usually say like 80. And I am definitely over 80. I got to be double 80. Research is 75. They start to lose spin and performance uh, at about 75 rounds. Oh, yeah. We've clipped that. I would. Well, yeah. Yeah, you've clipped that. I mean, I know you didn't play a ton. There was a little stretch there. But since then, I mean, you've had those wedges since 2015. Yes. That's nine years. 16, 16, 16. But yes. Eight years. Lordy. And wedges are tough. I don't know like, why uh, it's such a. It's it's. They they gotta drop the price on them. They just gotta. <laughs> oh, oh, too pricey now. Too pricey. It's too pricey. <laughs> I mean, seventy five rounds for you know we're talking one of our buddies. That's that's one one season. Yeah. No. I um. I think you could. I think you could say two seasons would be a good. So you're, and I wouldn't, I mean, I don't think you're paying, you're not buying the, the brand new ones. You're paying like a hundred and if you're getting Bokies, that's why I switched away from Bokies. I was tired of paying. I think mine were $109. So yeah. Whatever. See, that's the problem is, is Vokies are just so excited. I, I think what I'd probably end up doing is just getting last year's model. I just hate the, this is a total tangent, but golf has transitioned to this model and it's, it's across all brands where they come out with new clubs every single year that are supposed to have all these new benefits and it's just a total cash grab um shouldn't that kind of help i mean and i know what you're saying but isn't that kind of a good thing for for us you're creating like uh you're creating too much supply not when you cease production like they only how long do you think they even produce how long do you think night or titleist produces a model of Voki wedge like a sm9 they probably are in production for like six months. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. I don't I don't I guess I was thinking more like drivers is where I was like envisioning where like they come out yeah, with no, new drivers I, I'm and not, like you I'm stuck more on the wedge thing, but yeah, yeah I mean because wedges like drivers is is different where like you can a driver from three years ago is still a really good driver. It can it can still have a lot of pop in it, even if it was used for seventy five rounds. A wedge is just a different game. You can't like buy a used wedge. If you do, you're more power to you, but that's crazy. That's right. that's a crazy move. That's, that is one of the craziest moves I've ever. Unless that wedge was used like three times. Maybe I'll uh, when I do get new wedges, that could be a nice uh, a nice side story arc for the podcast. Is I'll try and sell them and see if anybody would buy them. Yeah, you need to. I feel like you have you have to have a um, some kind of like wedge fitting around you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could do that at the club. I could do that at Golf Galaxy. I mean, I could. There's plenty of places I could do that. There's an X Golf actually, or no, not X Golf. What are those? Um, X Golf is the simulators, but there's those places. Uh, here, one. It's like Tech Golf or Golf Golf Tech. 
Golf tech. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Golf tech. There's a, I, I walk to a golf tech. There's one right, right down the road. It sounds like you're just given all that you, so you have all these avenues. What you have to understand here is that if I get new wedges, then the expectations go up, right? Then if I hit a bad wedge shot, I can no longer say like, oh, well, I mean, this wedge is like nine years old. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a, it's a big step. It's a big step. It is. It is. I, I'm you, just have to, you have to take extreme ownership shots. of your poor play at that point. You have no longer, you no longer, you're, you're taking away your outs. Well, you could find another club to blame <laughs> at that point. You know, I could because I could say, well, I wouldn't be having to hit a wet shot if I hit my irons better. Exactly. Exactly. So I, yeah, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I was I was thinking about that a couple nights ago. Um, why why on God's green earth you have not bought new wedges yet? Yes. Well, I appreciate you thinking about me, and I uh, I definitely need the the harassment, the public harassment. Otherwise, <laughs> I I just never will. I'm too stubborn. Yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. All right. Well, I think that's all I have. Uh, good luck with your picks at the Mexico Open, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. See ya.